begin with one minute of silence and then explore whatever arises. So please join us for this one minute of doing nothing. Anything happened for you in that period of time? Yeah, it was again that uh, kind of mind switching back and forth from the now moment and, you know, then trying to figure out, okay, what are we going to discuss next? <coughs> and then I had this uh, kind of realization that uh, the the now moment sometimes also is you know when we have this discussion of uh, you know uh, what we call what is now and we have this discussion in a true sense that is also not kind of happening in the now because uh, what we are discussing usually is what happened in those in that one minute you know that we had silence in so ideally then we are actually talking about the past but not what is happening right now presently in this moment because this moment like it's just everything is just passing by so you know mm. even the last second is history <laughs> so in this exact moment you know it's kind of um again the definition of moment again you know becomes different here because then we consider this particular second as this moment but not the last second as this moment, but maybe everything is this moment, you know, even what we call as past is this moment. And I was reading somewhere, uh, you know, that we never experience the present moment as it is. We never can in that sense, if we define it in terms of like seconds or microseconds, because, you know, the, the time it takes there, there is a certain time it takes, for example, you're looking at an object. So there will, it will be, there it will take certain time to reflect that light, you know, the light being reflected from that object and reaching your eyes, your retina, it will take some sec, some microseconds there. So ideally what you're looking at is not exactly that object in that moment, but how that object was a few microseconds ago. Hmm. So. Ideally, we are not actually experiencing the moment, but as we look out, we are actually looking in the past. 
you know, the way people say that <coughs> when you look out in the cosmos, you look at past, you know, for example, the light of the sun reaches to us in eight minutes. So actually you are looking at the sun, how it was eight minutes ago. And similarly, you know, you can, as, as you go further and further, you can maybe actually go back to the time of Big Bang and you can actually see the Big Bang happening because light takes a lot of time to travel. So similarly, even in this, you know, if we talk about small distances, even just the idea of me looking, you know, this, this bottle right now. So this bottle is not exactly as it is, but it is, you know, reflecting that light, that light is reaching to me in some microseconds. So I'm looking at the history of this bottle, ideally not this bottle as it is in this moment. <laughs> this was what's, you know, what was going on in my mind. Uh -huh. So it's almost like we're constantly time traveling. Yeah. Yeah. We're taking micro uh, transportations into a past of a few seconds ago or much more than that. Yeah. I was, as you were talking, I was wondering if at the same time, if your experience of that past event is also a now happening, like the way that it's hitting your retina or is being um, translated in the mind and in your perception while what it's translating is something uh, separate in time, like the translation and the happening of that perception is a present yeah. moment occurrence. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. So that means that uh, the perception of it is in the present moment, but actually what we are seeing is in the past the object right hmm. uh you know there was a very interesting uh, like you you mentioned this and something came to me uh, the other day i was listening to <coughs> deepak chopra so he was talking about like quantum physics and the fundamental nature of reality and all those things so he said you know something really interesting he said that actually if you if we consider perception, what perception is, then we would see, then we would realize that everything is in perception, actually, nothing is in the physical world, because, you know, for example, what we call, <coughs> excuse me, I've coughed today, <coughs> what we call uh, sound is not actually sound, like there is, if we ask this question, is there sound in this universe, and this, is there, is there noise in this universe? Uh, you know, for example, there is this famous problem that if a if a rock or a tree falls from a mountain, and if there is no consciousness around that to observe that, would noise be generated? So <coughs> then, you know, when uh, so I read this in the book uh, Biocentrism by Robert Lanza, and then he talked about you know it is not there is actually no sound in the universe. What is happening is that that falling of the tree is creating some ripples in the air and those ripples are, you know, ripples in vibration and energy. And those ripples are reaching our eardrum. They are vibrating the eardrum and that's when sound is being generated. Mm. Now, similarly for, you know, other perceptions, uh, for example, color, there is no color out there as such, but only when, you know, it comes to our, when the light reflects to our eyes 
we kind of absorb certain colors and we do not absorb certain colors then the rods and cones of the eyes are involved and then the you know chemistry in the brain is evolved and then we perceive color but actually out there there is no color so it's only in our perception actually mm-hmm. similarly for you know the sense of touch as well if we did not have a brain we did not we would not feel objects you know only because we are having that perception so ultimately what he said was this whole reality that we think is a physical reality it is just our perception because we are we have these five senses to <coughs> perceive these things maybe if we had more senses we would perceive more of the reality you know we mm. might perceive more uh, aspects of the reality so this was fascinating and you know i was uh, in deep thought that yes actually you know everything is just a perception okay. it is actually we cannot really say that something exists out there it just made me think of some of like those reports of experiencing pure light like uh near death experiences or mm-hmm. maybe some awakening experiences where everything just becomes like this one unity yeah. light experience where hypothetically in that situation maybe you're getting to a place where you're just sort of in the undifferentiated closer to just the waves of stuff beneath all of like a sound or a sight or a color or whatever it is and yeah. maybe you have like a a break into that basic substance mm-hmm. uh have you ever read the the book the seat of the soul no i don't know how i feel about it yet um totally but it has some interesting stuff in it uh who's the author gary zukav this is the book. I, I've, yeah i think i've heard about it but i haven't the soul it's just it's an interesting one that he talks about everything being light and mm. then there are like lower and higher frequencies of that light and mm. on the lower end of frequencies those things turn they become things it turns into mass objects, uh, mm. objects or maybe like a perception of sound and then mm. on the higher end it's more of this undifferentiated mm. substance he calls it love um mm. that just made me think of that mm. Mm. also yeah. as a as a, hopefully this doesn't diverge too much i guess it would be okay if it did but what do you think about you mentioned Deep, Deepak Chopra too, and I'm just reading this book. And there's something that I've noticed in my experiences of reading things like this. So, so this book is The Seed of the Soul, and it's this guy who's he's basically talking out of what appears to be some deep knowledge and understanding that sounds essentially factual. It's like, this mm-hmm. is how this is. The, yeah. the universe is made of light, and mm-hmm. it's, it's their higher, lower frequencies, and this is the mm-hmm. soul, and the soul is incarnate here in the the school of the earth and then it becomes this so on and so forth which is valuable stuff to integrate into my own understanding but what do you think about like when you read something or come across something that is expressed in such a certain mm. way uh mm. like what's that if that makes sense what's that because ex- i notice i have there's some part of me that is like how do you how can you say that you know all of this stuff yeah. like it, it's and and it's all being put into into words and yeah you're sort of creating 
this language for something. I feel like I get what you're saying, but mm -hmm. at the same time, it feels so authoritative that mm -hmm. there's something that pushes me away a little bit. Um, right, yeah. mm -hmm. What do you think about all that? No, uh, it's a very good point. Uh, you know, in fact, uh, like to be very honest, I was at one point of time, <coughs> you know, very fascinated by this stuff. And, you know, although I did not read this book, uh, but I have read very similar books. So, you know, at, at one point of time, even I could say with certainty, you know, this is the case because I had some experiences myself because, you know, I had some out-of-body experiences and I would like, wow, you know, that means whatever I have read in the books, it's true. <clears throat> so, but eventually I realized that we cannot define that, you know, uh, uh, when I delved into like an open inquiry of things, you know, uh, especially after like reading people like, uh, you know, a little bit of Ramana Maharshi, Nisargadatta Maharaj and all these people who are more of inquirers and, you know, also Jiddu Krishnamurti. Uh, these people are more into that uh, inquiry stuff where it is more an inquiry rather than a statement of that this is the thing. Hmm. Because we cannot make that statement because, you know, again, I'm saying this with certainty, but this is my opinion, you know, <laughs> that... Right. This is my opinion that we cannot make that statement because we're sort of doomed to having an opinion. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that because <clears throat> reality is changing every moment. You know, uh, again, this might be sounding uncertainty, <laughs> but in my opinion, that is that reality is changing every moment, and because it is changing every moment, then. We can we cannot really define that this is the case because if we are defining it, what we are talking about is history. You know, I I experienced that. Okay, you experienced that, but that might not be true anymore. You know, maybe the light you have been talking about. Okay, you know that everything is light. Maybe that have been the case some moments ago, but now that's not the case anymore. If if it is really true that reality changes every moment, and if we <coughs> you know, kind of believe in impermanence. So any factual statement is actually a statement of history. It it might not hold true in this very moment. Right. And it's a it's a symbolic statement too. Like just mm -hmm. light. It, that's oh it's a word and yeah. it can't comprise the experience of whatever it is that we might be talking about. And maybe that's the thing. And of course, this is my perspective. So I'm, I am doomed to like having a predilection and a bias yeah. and yeah. to say, because I'm saying that, no, my way is right of being mm -hmm. more tentative. Uh, but even that is holding an opinion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so when it's, when certain terms are used with in such a, I, I get how that can be helpful too, because it can help maybe somebody kind of grasp it to say okay this is this and um i guess from my perspective that's the core thing is like nothing is anything and mm. uh and and maybe that's the only thing to really understand and that's the thing that's so relieving of so much suffering like to just let go of the desire to take something that's fluid and turn it into something solid um mm. maybe along the lines of what this author is saying that to let go of the heavy mass 
of stuff, even though that gives us something to hold on to and to allow it to become something that's just constantly, you can never grasp it. And, but then that means you can never grasp it. Mm. Mm. And I, so I realized that I am also pulled towards someone like a Maharshi where, uh, or it makes me think of Socrates too, like Socratic questioning sort of style of like, let's just take these assumptions and break them down to the point where they dissolve and, uh, Mm. The reality is just revealed through this reduction process yeah. but you can never have it yeah yeah absolutely yeah you know uh, i would like to give you an example uh, in my life only uh, for example you know the idea of god for me has evolved uh, you know a lot so uh, as you know uh, you know i've been in my earlier years i was practicing religion uh, you know very devout muslim and I had this idea of God being this figure in the sky, you know, who is kind of uh, loves me, but at the same time also judges me and punishes me. Mm. So angry, like kind of a moody God, you know, who is uh, there to like, I'm I'm very kind of scared of this God because anything can happen. You know, I it's like walking on eggshells. Like if I might do something wrong and I might be, you know, kind of doomed to hell then. Mm-hmm. So. But then it evolved into, you know, as I <coughs> started delving out of this religion, religious confines, <coughs> I, uh, my idea of God evolved into this idea that, that, okay, you know, God is not something there in the sky, but God is, which is something inside me and around me and, you know, everywhere. Now, however, you know, this idea was very relieving for me. So as you know, uh, this being uh, factual or this being saying something with certainty gives a sense of relief that okay you know there is this god that is taking care of me you know and i'm protected and i'm so it's like you feel good about it (coughs) you feel protected you feel a sense of connection and purpose and all those things like something solid to hold on yeah yeah there is this basically there is this other entity you know which is kind of uh, taking care of me but however i had you know another evolution in my experience of god and that evolution was that maybe it is not something other you know maybe we create that otherness in god because we kind of have a very human-like experience because you know for example if I tell if I tell you that okay you are my friend you are going to take care of me and if you you tell that to me I will be very comforted you know I will be like wow there is a person you know who is my friend and who will take care of me and all those things <coughs> and similarly we give we give this idea to the idea of God okay you know God is this another entity maybe even if I'm considering it as an energy but still it is an, an another entity for me that okay it will take care of me and it will do it it kind of takes that uh, you know it relieves me of my actions or i can surrender i can kind of surrender to this god i can have faith in this god and you know and i will be like when i sleep at night i will not be scared that you know something might happen to me because i know that there is this other entity that is taking care of me but my idea then now evolved in this this is my current questioning that why am i giving this otherness aspect to god you know maybe it is some, maybe i am god you know maybe you are god maybe we are we all are uh in that sense 
but we are <coughs> just kind of giving it an otherness because we are in we we are habitual in doing that hmm. maybe it is not other as such maybe it is just something which is our own again this is just a uh, you know kind of my idea it is not something which is factual but maybe it is something that is a part of me that i haven't explored yet what people call the unconscious mind or the spirit or you know all these names <coughs> it just made me think of uh this this kind of stuff for me is like the closest closest experience to now i think is having visions pop up as you're interacting with someone or doing anything and then just kind of following that of course then it it becomes a past experience but it's very it feels very fresh and it's not something mm -hmm. contrived it's like of just a few moments ago and it it yeah. did occur in the moment um yeah. and then and then it becomes a now based process of unraveling what is that because so, that image just pops up in a moment and it's there and mm -hmm. then it can become an a continually now based process of trying to unfold like what does this vision mean to me because uh, yeah. i don't have all the meaning yet uh, mm. but there's just mm. something that like happens so when you were talking about this like the notion of otherness versus maybe me being god for example mm. i i had the vision of uh, an umbrella and mm. there being a storm mm. and initially it like it feeling really good to be separate from the umbrella because mm. the umbrella is the thing that's absorbing the rain and the weather and the harshness and i'm covered comfortable under here um so then but then if i was to see the umbrella as an extension of me and like my nerves went up through the pole yeah. and into the material at the top then i would be the one feeling all that and yeah. that might be a really powerful thing but it, it would also mean that there's no other layer on top protecting mm. me i'm just exposed to the elements um yeah <clears throat> yeah it's a good example good analogy yeah mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, basically your hand itself becoming the umbrella, you know, kind right. of expanding. Just it. here, right. <clears throat> yeah. Mm -hmm. Have, did I mention before that quote from Eckhart Tolle or Tolle, another person who writes very authoritatively, uh, yeah. but that <laughs> I, I also enjoy, and I'm enjoying this book too, uh, mm -hmm. but I just noticed these different parts of my experience. Um, mm -hmm and this aversion that I noticed that I have when I experience someone talking about things so authoritatively. Mm. Um, but he said, uh, I might've said this before, but that God is being itself, not a being, um, mm. which is just a little way of putting it that I really like. And it's really, yeah, it's, it's, I think it kind of summarizes what we are, we are talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice. Nice. You know, when you were, while you were talking about this, you know, again, I had this notion of now <coughs> that what really is the now, you know, we, we keep talking about, okay, you know, let's be present and let's be mindful and let's be in this moment. But the question is, how do we define this moment? Like, do we define it in terms of seconds or do we define it in terms of hours maybe you know or uh, this is one so like i'm kind of uh, asking your thoughts about this uh -huh. so first of all what is exactly a moment you know how do we define right. that secondly 
am i being mindful or am i being in the moment if i'm thinking about something or you know observing let's say what you thought you said was uh, that okay i was just a few moments ago you said that i had certain visuals in my mind now to have that visuals in my mind you know someone might say okay then you are not in the moment because you are thinking but is that but maybe that having visuals in the mind is also kind of being in the moment because we are maybe judging having visuals in the mind and that's why you know we want to not have those th- thoughts in our mind yeah interesting thinking maybe maybe there's some distinction of intentionally doing so versus just receiving something like because mm. there's a certain daydreaming or seeing something visual where it's you know thinking of something kind of mundane or mm. uh replaying a conversation or imagining something about later today or, or yeah. whatever it might be where yeah. it's just like it's more of uh, my thinking mind is at play and sort of constructing things versus where did this image of a umbrella come from i certainly didn't intentionally work through and create this image but it just popped up in association with what you're talking about um mm. which feels like it's it's much more of a present experience now maybe it would turn into thinking if as you're speaking i was just nodding and listening and was and then mm. i kept thinking about the umbrella mm. uh mm. and mm. then like oh that's interesting and then mm. i go on and like connect it to other things where it becomes more part of my yeah my narrative charles story but i wonder if if when i just catch it kind of early enough and just experience it um or or then as i did express it to you out loud it kind of stays closer to something that's happening now mm. Mm. but maybe mm. even now isn't right because like you said it's still in it's sort of a reference uh, yeah maybe there's some continuum of nowness where they were like kind of further away from yeah. now or getting closer in proximity to it but maybe maybe like like god or something it's something that we can never have but we can kind of be in the midst of it or feel like we're hmm. we're closer to this stuff i've also um thought of i'm not sure if i read this somewhere or had the thought of it just the the notion of moments like lowercase moments versus the moment um and moments being like particles and the moment being like wave you know like a wavelength and as you're speaking towards the very beginning i was thinking of that but visually i was thinking like little like uh, blips of light were moments there's here's like a moment that happened and so now i'm in a reference point relative to that moment from the quote unquote past but the the capital m moment as as you were speaking earlier and this has come back to me several times while we're talking was more of like this moving light wave like a laser um mm. where the point where we're at here is actually no different from from that point there because they're not distinct yeah. particle points it's more just this this constant thing 
like we're in movement, even if we're just sitting here um, and we're yeah. riding this wave that has no distinction between where we are right now and where we were, yeah. quote unquote, 10 minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. It's fascinating. You know, I think you have did, uh, described it perfectly where <clears throat> you are talking about these small kind of quanta of moments or packets of moments, small m and then capital M, m moment. So this small m moment is kind of defined by us, you know, okay, this one second is one quanta. So that's one moment. But then this capital M moment, which is like a flow, flowing river, you know, it's like all it encompasses all moments. My question then arises, can we call something that happened 10 years ago, maybe this moment? Hmm. <laughs> because uh, we have defined the moment, basically, because, you know, as per this time and clock <coughs> for us, this particular second, this particular microsecond is kind of the moment, you know, the, the small m moment. But what if we expand that time? What if we, you know, if we don't define it in terms of one second, maybe we say, you know, let's take this past 10 years or, you know, these 10 years as one moment. Would our experience of that change? That's my question. Yeah. Uh, you know, is it possible? Again, some this is something far-fetched, but again, is it possible that when we stop talking about something that happened 10 years ago as past, can it become as real in my experience as this particular small M moment is? Hmm. Are you getting what I'm saying? I think so. And my, <clears throat> my gut response to you when you asked the question about 10 years ago, it, to me, it, I, I do feel that it's the same moment. Um, yeah. I can kind of relate it to in the experience of what you could call meditation. Hmm. or really any time where you drop into something that feels like just a very basic consciousness it's sort of behind thought hmm. behind it's to me it's something outside of time and that basic awareness it just strikes me is that it has been the same it's always the same the hmm. me when i was uh 10 uh mm. is the same awareness as me now i have much more story associated with it so many more layers of uh the mind the mind and yeah. certain biases although i have now tried to develop a practice of, of continually letting go of those biases to continually return back to something that's more like basic awareness but mm. that basic awareness feels to me like it's uh exactly the same Hmm. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I think I totally relate with that. Mm. <clears throat> um, you know, I had this once, uh, this experience when in meditation where, you know, I entered this kind of altered state of consciousness. And <clears throat> I think I was connected to that, uh, you know, what you're saying, calling the pure awareness, which is kind of timeless, you know, uh, and what was happening for me in that moment was I could not segregate between what was future and what was past. You know, it was as if the past was happening now and the future, you know, was happening later and something like this mixed kind of an experience. It it was like as if, you know, I'm, uh, you know, 
<coughs> if you look at a, a movie reel then you know which plays in the cinema then you see that the the movie is not actually a continuous movie but it is a collection of pictures right so this collection of pictures i can look at rather than seeing this movie in a linear way from past to future <coughs> i can actually in this movie reel which is a collection of pictures i can look at the future first and i can then look at the past it is basically collection of these moments you know which is not continuous in that sense and this experience was of being this timeless being you know this deep awareness of mind which can actually also access the past and live it the same way that we live the present moment experience <clears throat> yeah i had a similar experience mm-hmm. i just oh, was thinking of uh, your cough mm-hmm. it's like a like you said we can't say anything that isn't in some way a reference to the past if it's based in yeah. words i mean i could make a wow that's mm. like kind of saying something that's mm. now uh mm. but it's nonsensical yeah uh, so for me to, to like translate something into words it's inevitably a, a reference to something in the past but then i, I was thinking of your cough is like Mm. uh it's like a pure i thought of this in, in terms of burps and farts yeah. and things mm. like although maybe those could, you can sort of make happen more a cough is maybe even a better example because you're also maybe trying to not have it happen it's just it's like mm-hmm. making its way through to the surface yeah. and uh it's just thinking of that as like a a form of expression of mm. now or a sneeze yeah. or or tears or laughter that's genuine these mm-hmm. are all maybe much more pure expressions of uh, mm. of now now yeah the 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 feelings would you say the feelings like feelings being more in the now than the thoughts mm. mm-hmm. mm. yeah yeah and i think uh, you know the the other part of my question is that uh, you know what i was saying that what to include in uh, you know this uh, and you were mentioning about this visual visuals you know that you saw and something came to my mind is that maybe you know we cannot judge that okay if i'm thinking then you know it is something wrong or it is something maybe you know not being mindful or not being present because thought as such is also a part of our present moment experience and you know uh, any visual or anything like that but maybe the point of being mindful or being present is to kind of observe that thought with awareness and consciousness rather than not being conscious about it maybe that can be a more of a present experience what do you mm. think mm-hmm. it, it reminds me of something you said one time that i've stolen and say frequently which is uh and maybe you got it from somewhere else i'm not sure but you told me in one of our first meetings i think you had a, a sort of a visual of two hands together and 
this is like the your awareness and the thinking mind sort of are one they're kind of entangled and then there's this possible and, and for someone who's listening i'm just holding my hands like almost in a prayer position where they're right together and then there's this possibility of sort of dropping back where one of the hands moves back away from the other hand and moves into something that where i can just view and observe the stuff that's happening in the, the first hand the thinking mind so you could just call it the observing mind and the thinking mind or the witness or whatever it might be where so maybe we you what you're saying is that we can have these experiences that are perceived as not here and now hmm. thinking planning uh hmm. imagining remembering fantasizing yeah and at the same time they can be a present moment experience if i also can develop access to this thing that can just sort of constantly i can constantly drop back into it and become aware of those at the same time mm. uh, you told mm. me that one time didn't you yeah yeah we had yeah. that discussion <laughs> yeah 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 it's it's very fascinating for me you know to to understand this that how do we uh define this uh kind of or maybe not define it but to have an understanding of we keep talking about now but what exactly is you know the question itself what is now <laughs> you know so rather than uh you know asking this uh that what is happening in this moment maybe we ask the question itself that what is now itself you know what is this word now in that sense and how do we kind of understand it uh what would you say to that what is this word now for you what you know what comes to your mind or you know what is your experience of it or what do you think can it be defined cannot be defined in terms of time in terms of any other factor yeah my my first thought is that it is something that can't be properly defined in words but the way i the first thing i i think of in terms of describing it is returning to the body mm. uh or to what i've heard referred to as the inner body like this you know this notion of my kind of outer self that i'm very familiar with or you know someone could hit my hand and i feel that but something different about feeling inside my hand um or inside my chest or stomach mm. something about this area feels to me like my connection point to uh now uh, mm. and that's my best way of describing it like if if i ever notice myself moving into what i would describe as not now or maybe self-conscious thinking or whatever it might be my my strategy of returning to presence is to come back to what feels like the inner body um so the breath is an example of a portal to that where this is thing that's happening i can easily sort of pay attention to it but then for me it's more of just feeling all of my inner energy that is buzzing and is moving and that maybe makes up my most pure now experience mm. um, if that makes sense 
Hmm. But what about uh, you know? Uh, I can totally relate to what you said. But my the question that's arising in my mind is what about external phenomena? Like, is it that we kind of judge that uh, in the sense that uh, can can we not be mindful when we are <coughs> actually observing external phenomena? Like that's the question. Because yeah. I think uh, why this question is coming to my mind is because I remember some of the people have asked me this question, and I might have answered differently then but you know again this is coming as a question in my mind also that when we talk about to become mindful of so to become mindful of what you know so some people for example struggle with the idea of pure awareness and i was having this discussion i was in a meditation retreat uh, recently and i was having this discussion with someone and they said that i just can't sit in pure awareness i i just can't do that i need some guidance to what to focus on in every moment so you know for example if i'm just sitting in pure awareness then i'm like kind of confused where to focus you know what to be aware of mm. but when i'm being guided that okay now bring your awareness to your body or now you know maybe become aware of your external surroundings or then i can kind of do it uh so is it that uh you know we when we the, the question comes is again that what to become aware of to experience the now or to be mindful in that sense hmm. yeah it's a good question <laughs> I, it, it doesn't seem to me that just as you're saying it that perceiving something apparently separate is any different than my inner experience because mm. it is still my it is still in me um yeah exactly. so i'm just looking across the room at like some of these pictures on the wall and i have a sense that they're over there but in this now experience they're here they're yeah what we were talking about basically it's in your perception actually mm. that picture not being out there but in your perception mm -hmm. mm. Sometimes I like to I like the experiment of just stopping and viewing my visual phenomena as like a 2D painting, um, mm. letting go of a sense of distance and just feeling it all as if it was a flat surface. Like the painter created this perception of distance, but it's actually just this screen in front of me with all of it just there. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. I'm just experiencing that. It's like now. kind of uh, uh, like kind of drawing a map, <clears throat> like the way you uh, you know take a 3D globe of the world and then you put it on a mm -hmm. 2D map, something like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting, yeah. That's a good exercise actually <laughs> to do to you know kind of take your surroundings, your perception of it, and kind of trying to put it on a two-dimensional surface, how would that look like? Hmm. Great. So I think uh, for me, uh, you know, from today's session, what I take is this contemplation, which, you know, we have discussed to some extent, but uh, again, I think this is something I would love to explore more. <coughs> the idea of now and maybe, you know, for the listeners who are listening to this podcast, 
maybe you know you if you want you can maybe contemplate on this what is now for you how what would you call now and what is does this word now mean to you i think this is what is uh you know i would love to contemplate on yeah yeah what do you think of finishing here with just a couple minutes of sitting with that right now um lovely and, and i could i could guide with just some basic guidance through i would love that yeah or i'll see whatever comes up to just sort of become aware right now of what now is kind of sure. maybe giving yourself some i don't know what the word would be but just acknowledging that you can't probably ever actually define what it is but just seeing what happens when you try to yeah so yeah maybe do that for just a couple minutes here sure yeah looking forward to it so uh if you want you could adjust yourself into it's funny too we you know as if this is something different from what we were doing a moment ago uh, <laughs> now we're like we're changing into something different but maybe yeah. let's also become aware of the capital m moment that's no different from any other part of this time together or maybe any other time ever and could just become aware of that If you want to, you could close your eyes here, but you could also keep them open. You might notice whatever habitual thoughts are on your mind or wherever your mind goes. And you could feel yourself moving back behind the screen of those thoughts and drop into something that is just aware without words, going back to the point before you had language, feeling into the awareness that has been the same since then and maybe through all of quote unquote time, just feeling your awareness. Now you might just sit for a moment with the word now. I'm saying it in English. I don't know what it might be in several other languages. But just sit with the word now and get a sense of what you feel. What is now? How do you feel now? And is this now any different from the now of 30 minutes ago or from the now of dinner time yesterday 
or from the now of whatever might be the biggest thing you're doing tomorrow? What is it that connects all of these different things together? And maybe one final piece here. See whatever association you have in your mind with the word now. Don't try to make it happen, but just see whatever comes up. So this could be another word or it could be a, a visual. What comes to you? Wait for it for a moment when you think of now. Okay, and if your eyes were closed, you could gently open them back up. And you can do whatever you want to do in this moment. Anything you notice there? Yeah, thank you so much. It was wonderful. Um, I know what I noticed was that I could easily go back in time and consider my past experiences as now. But I was having a bit of challenge when it comes to the future. <laughs> because as soon as I was kind of moving into the future and trying to embrace it as the now or observe it as the now, the question was that, is the question that came to my mind then is the future fixed hmm. you know which means that if i can actually maybe you know and as some people are clairvoyant or uh, you know they can have that premonition of the future does it mean that is it fixed or does it is is it like a field of possibilities and probabilities hmm. where anything can happen you know uh but as I'm moving in my vision to the future, maybe I'm seeing one possibility taking place, but there are many other possibilities. So this dilemma came to me in the meditation that mm. how can I include my future if I don't know or, you know, if the future is uncertain, basically, mm. or is it really uncertain or is it fixed? <clears throat> you know, then all those thoughts of free will come in that if the future is fixed then do we really have free will or something like that so all those thoughts came up <laughs> yeah interesting as you were speaking it, i had thought of even if it was fixed i guess that would be fine uh it was uh it just made me it brought me the visual of a big storybook and mm. Like my book is written, but I can't look forward. I'm just reading it. And I could view it either as a book where I don't like it uh, mm. or I don't want to read it uh, mm. or I resist what's in it uh, or I wish, mm. I wish I had a different book or maybe based on my approach to the book, uh, it could be the coolest book ever. It's this really interesting, mm. never-ending 
it ends at some point. Well, maybe it does or doesn't. Um, but story that is just every day, it's just unfolding. I'm like, well, what's going to be on the next page? Um, mm. Even though maybe if if it was fixed, uh, mm. there's still maybe this constant sort of just revelation of whatever it is. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm. You know, someone, uh, I was listening to this uh, debate between... Uh, think it was i'm not sure but i think it was deepak chopra and richard dawkins maybe i'm not sure may, uh, deepak chopra was there but i don't know who was the other person i, I don't know why i'm mentioning a lot of <laughs> deepak chopra today <laughs> <laughs> uh maybe it was richard dawkins or or either it was sam harris i'm not sure but this debate you know he said something very interesting so this debate and it was a very interesting debate I'm tr- i'll try where is you know to find it where it is uh, but they were talking about this idea of free will. And uh, <coughs> so basically the other person said that, you know, oh, there is no free will, you know, we, we don't have a free will and, you know, everything is fixed. And because ultimately we are kind of living in a Newtonian universe and we can predict using mathematical models where the future will be going. So he said, uh, you know, uh, Deepak said something really interesting. He said that, if if it is fixed and if you don't have a free will actually to change your future or to make that conscious decision of doing something else, if you don't have a free will, then what you are saying is doesn't hold any value because what you are saying is just is not from your free will, mm. right? So mm-hmm. it, it is not valid anymore because <laughs> you're not saying it from your free will. Uh-huh. That was a very interesting point, actually. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Great. Thank you so much. Uh, it was a wonderful meditation experience, and I think you should, uh, you know, we can uh, do it more often uh, rather than uh, in the previous ones. I guided a lot, but I would love to also see you yeah, guide sure. more of these meditations. Sounds good. Well, uh, it was nice being back with you here after a little break. And yeah. Yeah. And um, I look forward to the next time. Same here. Take care. Thank you for joining us in the What Is Now experience. We hope that you liked the episode. If there were any insights or ideas arising for you as you were listening to our conversation, then you can share those ideas through your comments. We would love to know. Stay tuned for the next episode. Namaste.